Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we welcome back Laura Coe, who is an Akashic Records expert. And in this episode, we're going to do something we've never done on the show before, a live Akashic Records channeling about the subject of your soul plan, your soul blueprint, and why we are here as souls on this earthly plane. This one is going to give you some goosebumps. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome back to the show, returning champion, Laura Coe. How you doing, Laura? Hey, Alex. Thank you so much for having me back. I love this show so much. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Our last conversation kind of took off. Um, unbeknownst to you and I, uh, we were just shocked at the response. It's, I think, hit a quarter of a million, almost of a quarter of a million people have watched it at this point. Um, I, I was shocked by it. You were telling me, like, what's going on? I'm booked up until October. What the hell is happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, October. And now it's become 2024. Like several years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Our first conversation. So right away, we're like, you got to come back, but we have to, we have to figure out how to bring you back and have, what can we do? And we came up with this idea of, of being able to do a live akashic reading and i don't think it's I, i'm sure someone has done it somewhere i am not aware of it you're not aware of it but i believe it's somewhere in the and on youtube there has to be something but it's not readily available if it is or it's not being seen by a lot of people so in this conversation we're going to dive into a couple of big topics we're going to hear what the akashic records have to say about it and I'm going to give it over to you to explain to the audience what this process is, because a lot of times when people think of about Akashic Records, they think of a personal connection. I mean, I'm going into your Akashic Record to read about your past life or your situation right now, or where you're going. But this is a generalized kind of like philosophical humanity reading, essentially. Is that a fair way to state it? Yeah, yeah. Um I'll, let me <laughs> no that's perfect um i i came into the akashic records not knowing what this modality was either like uh, like i think it's the best kept secret on the planet and while i think it's becoming more and more popular in little pockets of the world it's still relatively unknown and so again for people who haven't heard the last episode energetic space that holds your soul's history everything you've ever done in all of your lifetimes is stored in this place and in Akashic record reading, we pull forward what is for your highest good in the moment 
for you to help connect back to what your soul wanted to do in this lifetime so that you can um, enjoy the experience of being in your full soul's expression through this physical embodiment called Laura, right? Alex, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't know that you could do more than that, right? Like Akashic Record readings are cool enough. I was pretty satisfied. Um, I'm an author. I write about authenticity. And I started journaling in my own records just to connect to guidance, have my own relationship to guidance. And I mean, totally honestly, Alex, I uh, was arguing with my twin flame, um, which we like to do quite a lot. And um, she had written me some text and it said something like, no strings, no expectations, something. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right? Like I was so annoyed by this. And I was in my records. And so I was typing in my own records and I was like, what the hell is an, ex an expectation anyways? And then all of a sudden I got this like total download, like the nature of expectations, what they are, what they're not. And I like typed and typed and typed. And I was like, holy shit, right? Like, what was that? So as a writer, as somebody who's been doing philosophy, undergrad, graduate school, like I love it. I was like, um, I gotta do that again. So I sort of freaked out and I spent six months asking these really beautiful philosophical questions. What is the nature of love? What is expectations? Why do we struggle with boundaries? Like all of these things, right? What is a soul plan? What happens when we leave? How does the soul to the body relate to each other? Like I, I'm so curious about all of it. So I just started asking like all of it. And I just kept getting more and more, more answers, right? So there's this sort of philosophical um, treasure trove, like Akashic philosophy that I don't know that that many people, I don't know anybody who's brought that through in a consistent way for people to receive um, this beautiful guidance. I mean, you know, it's a non-judgmental space, right? It's, it's, it's organized without a right or a wrong or a should. And so it's really beautiful what you receive and um, what happens is when you have your own private reading, you get these truths about yourself that are just so incredibly profoundly truthful. You're like, oh my God, right? That feeling that hit right to the center of my heart as truth, right? You mm -hmm. just know it. What I find and what other people find is um, when they hear the philosophical, spiritual views of the Akashic Records, it's that same feeling like, Ooh, that felt truthful. Right? That just feels right to me. I don't know how to describe mm -hmm. it other than that. So, so yeah, uh, I, I'm slightly obsessed with it. I love doing it. And uh, another little unkept secret in, in the, in the world out there. Yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to start because uh, I have no real questions. We have topics. So this is going to be interesting because I've never done a, a, an interview like this before, a conversation like this before. You really haven't done anything like this before in a public forum like this. So we're going to kind of, you know, kind of riff a little bit. But the two main topics we're going to talk about is the soul blueprint and how we and why we create our soul blueprint and everything that goes down that rabbit hole. And then one of my favorite topics, ancient civilizations, Atlantis, lost history, and how that can incorporate to our own growth as humanity, as a, as a group consciousness, and our own personal growth as souls, what that can teach us. So those 
are the two fairly large topics that we're going to kind of dive you know, into today. We're just doing the simple stuff today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so can you explain to everybody what the process is and this kind of, yeah. you know, going back and how do we go back and forth? How do you drop in? What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, so the theory of the Akashic records is before we embody, right, Alex and I, before we came here on a soul level, we sat around and we thought about what we want to do right? Sometimes they show me in a field or something. It looks kind of nice, but obviously it's metaphoric. Like we can't really ever understand what this is except through metaphor. Cause we have our language, which is a little limited. Um, but you and I sat around in our soul state and we thought about what we want to do, why we want to embody who we want to embody with what we would like to achieve in this life in a soul evolution sense, right? What lessons we want to learn, et cetera. And we work with our guides and then we come here and hopefully we are willing to listen to this deeper calling within. That's when people say things like, I just know I have a deeper purpose. I just feel this sense. I just know there's something, right? It's because your soul had decided it. And it's like in there, like poking at you going, wake up, wake up, wake up. Come on, let's do this. Right. Um, and there's no right or wrong. If you don't get it in a lifetime, you can do it in a different life, but, but it is important. Lives are not meaningless, right? It's not just like, oh, whatever. So um, I will use something called the key and it's how I open up the Akashic records. And then I will go in my own records. Um, I will connect to guidance. I'll get a little quiet for like 15, 20 seconds, which is what I do in a reading. And just like a reading, I'll just start to receive. And then I'll share with you as I receive, it comes um, three ways. It comes through um, uh Auto, audio. So I'll, I'll hear just an audio, um, um, like the words will be spoken through me um, auditorily. I will get visuals. And so sometimes you might see my hands moving a little or something, because I literally see things in front of me, or I will get like a felt sense or all three and it just moves around. And um, we joke, the records are a, a long winded uh, modality. They don't just get to the point really quickly because we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. For us to really hear what they're saying in a non-judgmental, spiritually enlightened way, um, it it requires our brains to kind of quiet and get out of the way a bit. So I invite everybody to sort of go through the process with us where we relax into what they're saying and listen more from your from your heart, right? Like to what they're saying. So so that'll be the process. I'll talk for for 10 minutes or so. Um and then I'll stop and ask you, where do you want to go from here? What questions do you have? Anything you want to go deeper on? Because it's like a Google search, right? I tell people it's a Google search for your soul. Um, you get back like a great single um, result, right? Like you go on to Google and if they just gave you one answer it would be way easier, like the best one for you today. But there are hyperlinks. And so everything in there, you know, when you go to an article and you can hyperlink in and get like a deep dive on one point. Um, we can do that from anything I say as well. So you can guide me on on that. I'm, I'm excited to do this, my dear. So let us begin. We're first, right. the first, the first area we're going to go into is soul blueprint, pre-birth planning, life between lives. That's kind of the the topic. Let's see what the the records have to say, and then we will go from there. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. How do we decide on our soul plan, our lesson, our soul purpose in a particular lifetime is the question I'll ask. And okay. 
we'll see what happens. Okay, so um, Alex, I'm just going to read these sentences. Two of them I say silently. So if I get quiet, uh, don't worry. That's all I'm doing. And then, um, yeah, it takes about 10, 15 seconds for the energy to just build up and come through. And I'll share as I receive. Sounds good. All right. <sighs> and so we open ourselves to the light. And with this light, we open ourselves to our truth. And with this light, we open ourselves to our soul's purpose. And with this light, we open ourselves to be guided towards our highest good and the highest good of those we love. And so Laura is given the truth to best serve her on her healing journey into the love and acceptance that is most beneficial for her in this moment. And with this light and guidance, we unlock the energy field of Laura to receive the record of her soul. Okay, so when we look at our life and we ask ourselves about meaning or purpose or why we're here or what it is that we are, are, are willing to participate in this lifetime, we ask ourselves these questions because we want to know the answer. Like, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be an embodied soul um, that's like, it's like riding the wave of life. Like we want to, like they are putting me out on a, you know, really cool um, speedboat in the middle of the ocean. It's like, I'm going a thousand miles an hour and it's like the water, the waves. It's like, it's like the perfect day at the beach where you just get out in the ocean air and you just feel that incredible, incredible. Um, it's like euphoria, right? When, when, the 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 ocean air is hitting the water is hitting the the wind is hitting in a certain way and you just feel that like calm collected sense of self when you let go of everything right out on an ocean um in the middle of the day nothing to do um so it's like we want to have that experience in life we want to know what it feels like to feel to feel free to feel alive to feel the spaciousness right so i'm I'm on a speedboat with somebody I love in the middle of the ocean and, and, you know, just flying nicely. And, and I feel so the, the open ocean and the, the freedom and the air, that combination of these qualities, and perhaps somebody who I love is sitting there, you know, but with or without that, I have an experience of, of connection into myself. I feel this like beautiful justification for allowing myself into my own experience. And so while we like ride the waves of life, right? Like, so if you take this boat and you keep going with that metaphor and you're like, okay, so life has these waves, there's these ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs, but this little speedboat, it like rides at a, at a trajectory that those waves, right? Like you don't feel the slamming down. You just feel that nice kind of, that nice little, floating experience where you almost feel like you're flying free for the first time in your life. And it's like, that's the trajectory of life that we're all looking for. It's, it's balance, right? It's this balance. Um, it's not up and down and in and out like that, but it's also not moving so slowly that we're not out in the open air. So I never know where we're going and why we go in different directions. So let me see what this has to do with our soul plan and planning in life. So when we plan our life, we ask ourselves this question, like, 
what is it we're trying to do and why so that we can have this experience of freedom we can have this ultimate life experience of freedom like they're showing me simultaneously this this little boat you know and it's it's moving in that nice plane of reality like smooth sailing but there's a, a it's smooth but it's like right because it's going quickly it's got that that vivacious quality to life right that that aliveness we want to feel alive right and and that's like that that open air feeling right where you breathe in a little bigger you feel the open air quality to your life um so when we're on the other side and we're planning we're planning our life plan we're thinking about purpose who we are what we're meant to be what we're not meant to be um we're we're experiencing that on the other side we're experiencing this this open air quality, right? Because before we're embodied, we have that in our soul planning experience, we have that, um, call it enlightenment, call it enlightenment. They don't want to call it specifically enlightenment, but it's like enlightenment. It's this, this, uh, way of connecting into ourselves that feels special, unique, open, flowing, free, uh, to explore the realities of our truth, our, our knowing of ourselves, our willingness to be free, our aliveness, right? If if we're not embodied, right? So they have me over here because this is like pre-life where it shows up for me. And so in that experience, um, what are we doing? We're, we're justifying our purpose for participating in another life. Like we don't just to get to go into life, like I'm just going to grab another life, like jump back in. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, grab a parachute. Here we go. I'm going into life, like carefree, purposely, purposelessly. We come in with a plan, a very well drafted plan that we work with our, our spirit guides on. Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of homework, a lot of studying, a lot of like, you know, when you're, um, in school and in college, grad school, something where it's like, it just requires a tremendous amount of discipline and study to get to those final exams. It feels like that energy. It's like, I'm in the library all night long, like studying, 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 reviewing, making sure I have my notes, right? Like I've gone through it over and over. And I've talked to, to teachers, to friends, to loved ones, like really thinking about this, this study, this topic, because, um, it's not superficial to plan a life. It it takes um it takes many incarnations to come up with a life plan that's suitable for a life. So what does that mean? It's like um early on in a soul study, uh, early so for a newer soul, right? That's that feeling like a newer soul. <laughs> it's like it it takes time. It takes like a certain amount of lives to like learn this process, to learn what it feels like to embody, to drop in, to, to be a participant in life studies. And so on the other side, it's like the discipline it takes to learn how to plan a life can actually take multiple lives to learn. You know, it's kind of like you went to the test and I forgot my pen feelings, right? Like, <laughs> like I got there and I was like, I'm late and I missed the first 20 minutes. And now I'm trying really hard to study extra. And it's like, oh, this didn't work. So, so the first few lives, it feels like there's this test taking ability that you're learning, right? How do you show up? How do you uh, live a life with 
um, with tenacity, without regret, like how do I actually show up, uh, feel free in my life and, and leave, like I die, I go back to the other side. It's almost hard to say die because it's on a spiritual level. There, there's no death, but it's like, mm-hmm. I leave this plane of reality to return home. Um, and I know that I've done a good job because um, on a spiritual level, I've, I've completed a lesson. I've, I've checked some box on the call it the like larger soul plan lesson scale, right? So they're showing me like a, like a, you know, you have a refrigerator, all the little check boxes, you need to mm-hmm. go do your errands or something. It's like, check, check, check. And one of the first or second and third checks is like learning how to develop a soul plan, learning how to be a good student of this study of soul plan. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. This is an elaborate answer, Alex. So I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I study and I study and I study on how to become a soul embodied in the human plane. And that can take multiple lives, like two, three lives where I'm like, Ooh, I learned the hard way. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't feel good. Um, for example, I come in too fast, too hard. I haven't planned anything. And my life feels reckless. It feels it just like what we might call a wreck, right? Like the, like, it's like, why isn't my life working on any level, any shape or form? It's like, what the hell? Right. And it's like, not always true, but perhaps your soul plan was misguided, misguided, right? Um, you didn't set up the structures that you needed. There wasn't the discipline. They keep using that word discipline. Um, so over a few lives, you're like, okay, I'm getting the flow of this. I'm getting used to this, what it takes. Um, so then in those sort of middle soul years, like it's a cute <laughs> kind of <making> middle age, <laughs> middle age, <laughs> actually, they're kind of making it like, um, like uh, middle school, actually, like, right, like, we're not even at middle age yet. But it's like, um, it felt like preschool years, and then middle school, and it feels like we're going to do high school. And then sort of this graduate level is how it feels to me. But we got these middle school years where it's like, I don't know, right? Like, uh, like, you know, middle schoolers, they've got enough understanding to know enough, but their frontal lobe isn't developed. (laughs) It feels like that. It's like, I'm kind of getting the hang of this stuff, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, what does that mean? It's like, um, I know how to do this embodiment thing. I feel more alive, more free to express, express, right? That's the big thing. It's like the soul expression is wanting to come through, feeling a right to come through, but it's like not quite there. Uh, just kind of like a teenager can't fully speak up in their feelings, thoughts, actions so well. It's like you're almost inarticulate on this plane still. So I don't know, you get frustrated easily. You feel like defeated by life really quickly. Like things just don't feel um, like a flow state very, very quickly, very well. It feels like it takes time or energy for everything for you. It's like, why is this so damn hard feelings? Right. But a teenager, right. Like just for them to go to the grocery store or something like they're struggling with that. They don't know how to just, you know, get the, the, the right, uh, ingredients for whatever they want to cook. They might come home and realize they wanted to make cookies and they forgot to get milk. Right. Or they forgot 
items at the at the store um or they um didn't bring in the right amount of change and they don't have the right money <laughs> it's funny how they still think in terms of cash instead of credit i always mm -hmm. think that's funny um so the the soul plan takes time to develop over over many lifetimes and then there's this moment um I don't know, it's like they almost have this line where it's like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. I kind of know how to do this, right? It can be a multi-life thing, but it doesn't have to be. Like some souls pick it up a little quicker than others. Maybe you set up a life where it's like, that was preposterous what I did. So I don't want to repeat any of those things. And you kind of kind of get it a little faster. It's not like a time thing or it has to be 10 lives or five lives, but but there's this process. Okay, so then what does it mean to set up a life with purpose and a soul plan? And so, okay, so what it what it means, Alex, I want to be the kind of person that shows up fully in my life. I want to be present. I want to be available. I want to experience life in its totality. So I set up something on the other side where I feel like I can find that truth, that harmony within myself somewhat easily, right? It doesn't have to be like quick or something or without friction or challenge, but it's like, I'm not setting myself up to fail is what it feels like most importantly, right? So those first few, it's like, oops. <laughs> and then you kind of get the hang of it and you're like, okay, this feels possible. So what does that look like on the other? I want to ask them what that actually looks like, what that process mm -hmm, looks like. Does mm -hmm, that make mm -hmm. sense for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tracking this so far? Oh, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I got questions in my head, ready to rock. <laughs> all right. All right. Let me get this. I want to see what this designing process looks like and then we'll we'll go back and forth. Okay. So you sit with your guides, you ask a lot of questions, you you contemplate. This is on a soul level, right? Yourself. Like self first, self first. Like, where have I been? What have I done? What's been successful? What is not? Why? And then you you connect into it's like spirit guides like it's like um there's quite like home so home like i i connect into this frequency or energy of myself this awareness i have of my own internal energetic so there's this space that i feel this um pulsating vibrating kind of energy that runs through me and i connect in there and I, I reflect me being a soul, right? So there's not reflection through the mind, but this process is more of a organic process because you're working within your own energetic field, right? You're not embodied mm -hmm. and you, you feel into this, like, um, this, um, how do I describe this? It's like, they're showing me, um, uh, it's always hard with words when we get to this place, but they're showing me a vibration, a, a, a pulsing vibration that's moving, a frequency that's moving through me. And I feel this field of energy and I wonder uh, where I can improve, expand or grow because this field of energy, like the, the ultimate outcome is that it starts to move like it's this little line that wants to move through me, but it wants to move out in all directions, right? So that's like this, this field of energy we call a soul um, wants to expand outward in all directions. And so the process is like, what can I do in this lifetime to expand this field of energy, to grow this field of energy, to like feel like I'm alive and free, that, that boat image, right? To contain this energy in 
a soul embodied, right? A soul and body is, is contained energy, but it's able to, on the earth plane, be supported to like open up its frequency to its fullest and learn a particular lesson. So what lesson may be childhood trauma or, or some kind of karma or like um, some inescapable reality about your past life that you haven't come to grips with, or um, perhaps it's like uh, feelings of low self-worth or, you know, the, the list is long, um, but you pick because you know in this lifetime that you're relatively equipped to succeed, right? That's the hope and goal from the other side. Like that freedom ride, <laughs> mm -hmm. like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like this, right? I'm not just slamming up and down all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful on a soul level. Like I can do this. I can do this. And there's this feeling on the other side, like the guides are like, yes, we pretty much agree. Sometimes they see like asterisk asterisk we don't love this little part that you're planning down there that doesn't look so great like we wish you would do it otherwise but they won't interfere with your soul plan like you ultimately get the final decision like this feels like it's the right plan for me to embody with Oof. Oof. so many things i want to ask but what's up where are you with it uh, so my first one of my first questions is and i've always want, i wanted to know this question in regards to our soul plan is that i know that you and I, according to our soul plans, at one point or another on the other side, had a conversation and said, hey, uh, I'm going to come on your show. You're going to have a show. It's going to be at this time. We're going to do this kind of work together and help both of our soul plans move forward. Mm -hmm. That conversation makes sense to me on these bigger scales. And, either, and this isn't like a monstrous scale. It might be for your job, for you, or it might be for me at a certain level, but I do so many of these. I, I have to believe that I had conversations with all my guests on the other side at one point or another that they, they were going to come on. But what happens to every little interaction with the guy who cut you off on the side of the road, you know, or the person who steals from you at Denny's or the guy, you know, whatever these little things that you just kind of like brush up against somebody. Mm -hmm. for a lesson not just is that random or is every minute detailed plan and if it is that detailed plan what what's free will we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show yeah yeah i love this question okay let's see what the guides want to say today. So again, I'll just get quiet for a second, see where they mm -hmm. want to go with that and how they want to answer it. Is this real? All right. So there, Alex is asking a very big question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so there's this idea, right. Of like, okay. So I want to conceptualize this future outcome. Like I want to, I, I being a soul, I, so um, one of the tough parts of an Akashic record is I have to keep telling you what we're talking about. Is it my embodied form, my soul, right? Spirit, like whatever. So I'll keep referencing it for you. So, you know, okay. So the first part is like, I, from a soul level, I want to do this in this lifetime, right? Call it, I want to like, um, 
<laughs> they want to make it really simple for us. So I want to be part of a marching band, right? They want to keep it like much more simplistic than us trying to understand something as complicated as um, perhaps forgiveness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on, on a, on a very basic level, it's like, I want to become part of this marching band at the end of my life. <laughs> like this is my goal. So I need um, to have the instruments. I need to have um, um a way to cultivate this art. I want to be able to um, understand music. I need to um, have friends or people, family, because if I don't have friends to do the band with, there's there's no band. If I don't have friends and community to watch, right? Because the marching band has to march somewhere. So I need a community of people to watch me do that. So it's like in this grand play of life, there's all of these components that have to come into place so that this outcome, like I want a marching band to be the story of my life happens. Right. And so, um, if you participate in your life fully, you'll start to see the little details that add up to this outcome, right? The marching band we're all staring out the window for that outcome. We want that final outcome. I want to be part of a marching band, right? But the reality is if you actually start looking at the, the microscopic details of your everyday life and how they're happening in every moment, you start to awaken. You start to awaken to the um, the full purpose, the plan that that that's executing, that's rolling out in front of you has so much more of a, um, okay, hold on. They're taking me into an energetic space. So there's like this feeling of energy spinning from me out to the world. So there's more of this energy that's happening. My soul, I, my soul is like interacting with this collective community, this, this energy of the universe, right? It's like having a conversation, if you will, at all moments in time, it's like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. What, what we ask ourselves, what should I do? How should I get there? What would it look like? How can I make this happen? Whatever we ask ourselves those human type questions, but in reality, what's really happening is happening down here. It's happening from my heart, right? My heart space, which is going energetically out into the world and picking up nuance, <laughs> like, right? Subtlety. So I feel that this marching band would be better served if I were to walk into, this is so weird, Denny's and get breakfast there today. <laughs> and so okay. I walk into this place and I I stop for lunch and I I see some friends and I hear a friend's voice and it makes me laugh. And in that moment of laughter, I recognize what I might do to better serve this collective marching band that I would like to have. Right. Okay. And so if you place that kind of reality into our, our day to day, right. And if you think about it, every moment in time, at every moment in time, we're in an interaction with reality from this heart centric, they are bringing me so deeply into my heart. I wish you could feel it. It's so mm -hmm. um, beautiful and full, mm -hmm. like from here, I'm breathing life force right F into the world. It's interesting how they said that I'm breathing life force into the world. I'm participating in the energy of my own experience, right? So as I exhale my intentions into the world, I'm almost like inhaling back in the realities that are happening. And there's this little dance that's happening all day long, right? Inhale and exhale. My experience, meaning my energetics, um, are interacting with the energetics of the moment and those things are coming together in a confluence 
so that we can start to understand our reality and and it's it's supportive intent towards this outcome that we wish to have so to answer your question right is is everything that um it's almost like everything can be that if we choose it to be and what that means alex it's like the mental like the mind right it's like got mastery over the soul it's so gripping and holding and wanting to be in control and so we rationalize or justify away things we're like oh, that laugh in the store didn't mean anything so i'm not going to pick up on that vibration and recognize something about my own experience that i could bring forward we just dismiss it out of hand we tell ourselves oh it didn't matter that didn't matter that didn't matter that didn't matter that didn't matter and we get stuck that's where we get stuck, right? That's where our, our energetic field kind of mm. slows down, perhaps. Like, I don't feel that nice flowing sensation. I feel this kind of, it's not arrested or dead. It's just dormant. It's it's quiet. It's still, and it's not in flow with, with my experiences in my days. And so when we wake up to this aliveness, right? The purpose of our life is from within us not our minds and we start to participate from this energetic sense of self and we start to realize that this um, fluidity right is available all the time then we start to find those those little kernels all over the place like oh wow oh what does that mean what does that mean what does that mean it's like they're turning my life into like popcorn popping it's like right everything in front of me it's like a potential popcorn of truth um so is there a lesson to be learned? <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, can you pick up um, a, a nuanced experience in all moments? Absolutely. Um, should you? Uh, they're saying most definitely. Like it's an opportunity at all times to just keep steering the car of your life perfectly in the trajectory that it wants to go. The minute the mind jumps in and says like, ah, oh, that didn't really happen. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should just grab breakfast. I don't really want to talk about this right now, right? Like that's when we right. lose that that connection. So it sounds like that it, our, our main goal, let's say, would be to have patience, to learn patience. And that's the big, the big marching band. And then there's all these little opportunities to continuously learn that lesson and if you don't if you don't if you learn them quickly they won't escalate as much but if you start not learning them those lessons start to escalate 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 and those little nuances are things are kind of thrown in your path for this grand scheme of what we're what you're trying to do in this one lesson in life so in other words, this is why a lot of people go like, why do I keep dating the same type of person? Because <laughs> you're not learning the lesson. That's right. And this per and they seem to intensify with worse and worse and worse and worse until you finally go, I don't want this kind of person in my life. I need to stand up for myself. I need to is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, let me let me let them speak for themselves. Um, because I could say it, but I think they're clamoring to to jump in um <laughs> <laughs> is this how you describe it's like okay so we'll pick up on the the dating um situation it's like it's about the mind right the mind keeps telling us like i want to control the situation i want to be right about the situation i want it to go a certain way i needed to have an outcome i needed to be this way like we have all of these preconceived notions about our life and they're so incredibly intense 
from our minds, our mental status, like what we be, we believe to be true about ourselves in the world at all times, right? This is how I feel, think about myself in the world. And then I have a supposed outcome and then it doesn't work. And then I can't believe it. And then I get stuck in this loop, right? And so the break free moment or breakthrough moment is do, do I believe that to be true just because my mind repeats it on, you know, autopilot over and over? Or can I accept that there's this deeper truth within me, right? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And so from a soul plan level, which is what you're asking, I came here for a reason. I came here for a purpose. And it's like, what's happening in this moment is information for me to address this deeper soul purpose. So perhaps the fight I'm having with my mother is for me to feel better about myself. Perhaps the feelings I have about my brother, right? Like we have a disparity of of wealth. I don't know, right? Some family where there's something happening there. It's like, what's the friction of feelings like less than? Um, perhaps when I'm in traffic and I'm like avoiding a phone call uh, that I know I could take because <laughs> I'm sitting in traffic, what's happening in that moment that I feel like um, the suffering of 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 this experience where I could just uh, pick up this phone call with a friend and, and talk about feelings, right? So all these moments are opportunities for me to address the, the, um, So they're saying the feelings inside of myself that keep me from the actualization or reality of my my soul plan, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's like I'm stuck, right? I'm stuck in the mud feelings. Like my mind tells me to feel all these kind of shitty ways, and then I and I lose faith or hope in my myself, this soul plan self, right? So, so why does it get louder and louder? It's like uh, your field of vision gets smaller and smaller, right? Because when, as I get into my mind state, it's funny, right? Cause we think of our mind as being attached to our eyes. And so we see everything, mm-hmm. but in fact, the more we're in our minds, the less we're seeing, we're just living up inside of this experience of self, right? Everything is happening. It's like me, 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 I, 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 my experience, why me, why this, da, 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 da. and we, we lose hope. We lose connection to anything bigger than ourself. And so, um, um, is it always directed directly related to a soul plan when we're in our, our mental space? Uh, not really, not really. It's, it can be very tiresome to be in the, uh, human experience of <laughs> psychological dribble. It's very funny. They don't, they don't love the mind. I'm just going to go on record, <laughs> um, but we're repeating these cycles of our psychology instead of like allowing ourselves to feel into our, our, our experience, our, 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 that energy, that physical recognition of our soul self. Um, so why does it get louder and louder? It's like, um, alarm bells. Like if I don't, if I don't fix, and they say that without our human sense, right? Like fixing something that's wrong. But if I don't fix my relationship to myself, um, I start to get heavier and heavier and like I'm drowning out this, the soul message until I don't find or feel that frequency of, of, of self. And then I, I feel really, really, really stuck. And that's the, what the messages of the mind does over time to us. Um, so 
that's yeah that's this is this is such an interesting process talking right? to the akashic records and the guides in the akashic records this is such a new process for me now i'm going to ask you another question about soul plans and this is a big one even bigger than the last question okay the concept of living multiple lives which we've talked about our past lives our future lives our current life but the concept of time is irrelevant on the other side correct so i have through my research and speaking to different channels and different people who have been on the other side the concept of living all of the lives at the same time makes my head hurt yes uh like i'm like well, wait a minute and then i've heard the concept of like well if some if if something you do in this life you find enlightenment in this life let's say you become buddha in this life it ripples throughout all the lives that have gone before you technically that are happening at the exact same time as you again right. head starts to hurt technically yes i would yes. i would love to hear this concept of living all your lives at the same times because the soul can be in multiple places at the same time because as if if all my nd ears uh say the same thing in regards to jesus always shows up the hardest working man in show business uh jesus he's always showing up all over the place and same thing goes with other other ascended masters they can be in multiple places at the same time we can be in multiple places yeah. spiritually at the same time very big question i'd love to hear what they say <laughs> just going for the lowest hanging fruit for me today all right let's do it. <laughs> exactly yeah just it's a really low ball kind of question <laughs> i just want to get along better with my grandmother let's just focus on that one all right yeah let's do it i love it um so just so we frame a starting point question um is it like um to explain can the we get of all time and space and all, our souls living i, I think I, just like can we live all of our are we living all of our yeah. lives at the same time because there is no time on the other side that's right okay let's do it hold please while i go ring up the uh, akashic realm <laughs> <laughs> so i'll just tap in again it takes me a couple of seconds to to just feel the energy and i'll share okay so this idea that we're living multiple lives at the same time, right? So this idea, they're taking me into then me, like Laura Susan Co., right? Who is she? Mm -hmm. Who's this entity that we're referring to as Laura Susan Co., right? Like she's born on May 1971. Like we take these facts like so seriously. Like these are the facts of this person, this person's soul. And it's like, not so fast, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, so there's this person that you're feeling connected to. You say, here's this person sitting across from me, having this lovely conversation. You're sitting with a friend, you're having a sandwich, you're eating lunch. You look at them and you're having a conversation, but it's like, what does that actually mean or entail on a soul level? Are we connecting into the vibration of the spiritual entity that is sitting across? Or are we conversing with this formulaic idea of this um, multi-life traveler that presents in this one way, in this one time, in this one moment, this way, right? And so what, what happens is um, 
Okay. So they're taking me to the idea of soup, which they did years ago for me, but um, they're just saying chicken noodle soup, right? <laughs> so okay. chicken noodle soup, we have all these ingredients, right? We have the, the, um, the broth, we have the noodles, we have um, the, 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 the carrots, the, the maybe put rice in there, right? Whatever you decide that you want to put into this soup, each ingredient represents like uh, the soul has embodied in a lifetime in a certain way. So the carrot is one life, the celery is another life. You've got the peas, right? Like whatever you want to call it. And so this soup, this soup is like stirred and it's like the energy of all of the lifetimes are in one spot at one time. So I am me, Laura, I am all of those lifetimes happening simultaneously in this life, right? This soup. So it's a little hard for us to imagine this idea, but it's like, okay, if we're, if we were to break it down and say, there's, um, there's the rice, there's the peas, there's the carrots. It's like, those are different lifetimes that I have achieved. And they're all happening though, at the same time, right? The, to your point about the timelessness of all things. We as humans think in this time continuum, we say, here we are in time in this way, we show up, right? Repeatedly, whatever, five o'clock, six o'clock, we're like, here I am. On a soul level, energetically, we're in all times and no time simultaneously. And so like the soup, right, has all of these parts, but it makes up the whole of the soup that I eat, right? I eat a bowl of chicken soup, but it tastes a certain way to me. I take each bite and I'm enjoying it. It's like, okay, there's mm -hmm. this whole thing of, of chicken soup. So um, my, my soul is simultaneously living in multiple lives and multiple planes and multiple realities all at the same time, like the soup, except the... Uh, Hold on, what are they saying? This is a little, when they get complicated, I always have to pause. It's like the vibration of the energy that's happening simultaneously in all these lifetimes um, is like transferring back and forth, right? Seamlessly from soul to soul, if you want to say it that way, right? Like, obviously there's the soul of me, but it's like living in different planes of reality simultaneously, although in this one time at the same time. And so the embodiment can't understand that. Laura can't understand that she's simultaneously living in multiple dimensions, multiple times, that there is no time, right? So it's more like thinking about the soup and you sort of think, well, even though there's all these different components to my soup, the soup makes up one whole. And the flavor profile is the the combination of all of its parts into one, right? So I eat soup and it has one flavor. So similarly, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, my sole plan in all of these different dimensions is all leading towards one ultimate goal, right? Of enlightenment. Um, in some end state, which doesn't live in time, but we are living all of those lives at the same time, like the soup, right? Are you tracking this so far? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, very much. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, Alex, it feels like, um, 
Um, it's all happening at the same time. And, and Laura's receiving messages from these other planes. She doesn't know it. It's happening on these frequencies. So it could come like a hunch, a knowing, a recognition, a waking up, right? Like you have these moments in life where you go like, oh, I, I, like, I just got that. I just know that. I just felt that. I just experience something and you don't really know why or how it happens. It's like happening on multiple planes of reality at the same time. And your soul expression is benefiting from all these other sort of subsequent lifetimes. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And it's actually really well described the way they explained it very well explained because the concept of the soup and the different flavors and the different elements of the soup as lifetimes makes sense and all together makes the taste of the soup. But if something happens to one of the ingredients in one of like one lifetime you're going to, it ripples to the soup. That's right. If if it gets tart, it's gonna have a tartier taste. It's gonna get higher vibration. It might become sweeter. It might become more savory. These are the ideas that are kind of floating around. I've never heard it explained that way, but it is a beautiful explanation for an extremely complicated They're uh, very good uh, with their metaphor. It's always what I love because it brings me to the simplicity point, right? Like everybody can understand if I, I mean, they're talking at me, but you know, yeah, you add too much salt and the soup tastes terrible, right? All of a sudden you're just like, whoa, right? So it's just this, uh, they're pl- they're saying to me like you're playing with the ingredients all the time to kind of mitigate the the soul expression to its fullest you know capacity. So it's basically an ever changing flavor profile for a cosmic soul soup. <laughs> they're like yes, <laughs> totally. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay so that makes so that makes all the sense to the world because uh at least to me i'm sure people listening like it makes all the sense to the world to you alex i'm like it does for whatever reason it's connecting with me and i understand that because the idea of multiple lifetimes i can never really at the same time i couldn't grasp it but them all being in a soup as a metaphor and that each one feeds into the flavor profile of the soup makes all the sense in the world. And and then the concept I heard from a yogi or from somebody I was speaking to stating is like, or I think I read in an autobiography of a yogi is that when you find enlightenment or you become self-realized in a lifetime, it ripples to not only your old lifetimes, old quote unquote old, but also to your soul families. Because mm-hmm. now we're, we're just talking about the individual soup. There is a meal here with the soul family that you're traveling with Ooh, that I also feel, happens. I feel Maybe. a lot of energy. They got something to say on that. Yeah. Please, please tell okay. me. So the way the Akashic realm works, when they want to talk, they basically um, increase the energy around my head until I can't really hear anything that you're saying. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Good, I'm good. coming. It's like the, the doorbell ringing like a million times. Um, all right. So the question around how does this impact soul family? How do we how do we work in groups with lessons? With yeah. with with this whole concept of the soul of the cosmic soul soup. Yeah. This multiple lifetimes at the same time with soul family. Do you see how complicated this is getting? Which is great, <laughs> but yet simple. You just need to send me like a bottle of tequila after this. Okay, so um, 
what does it mean? Um, so we have a soul family. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're really excited for this one. It's like, um, an overwhelming, why do I feel like a sadness? Um, so the, the records translate in, in feelings sometimes, and I feel like this stuckness in my throat. Um, so let me just see what this is. They're saying like, they just, they're so, it's like, there's a, a an overwhelming feeling of elation to talk about this, Alex. Like, I don't usually get this kind of mm -hmm. feeling from the Akashic, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't know, they're excited to share this, but they're never pushing. They ever say like, Alex, Laura, we want to tell you this. So it's very much question answer driven. So when you sort of ask something, you get this sort of uptick of energy or, or downtick. Um, so they're really excited about the sharing this one. So it, it feels like Alex, there's this way in which we, we come here, we embody, we take form, right? The formless goes into the form. We express, we want to express our deepest truths on a soul level. We want to know who we are and be alive. Like we talked about that, that beautiful um, boat they're taking me back to this like nice trajectory where we feel free, alive and, and, and in our, our fullest, you know, um, frequency. Um, okay. So our, our soul families, like, it's like, they feel that, right. They feel that energy. So when we're feeding our own soul, when we're like working with our own experience, right. When we're op uplifting, opening ourselves to our fullest potentials, we like, um, it's like the cherry on top of the ice cream for, for our soul family, because they get the benefit of all that energy around them. And it's like, there's this feeling in the records around our comprehension of, of selflessness, selfishness, like what we feel about all that is um, frustrating to them because it's got a, a misguided quality. Um, when we take care of ourselves from a soul level, when we connect and communicate within ourselves, right? That's the greatest gift we can give everybody on the planet, not just our soul family, but everybody. Because when we care for ourselves, right? And they don't mean the stuff that we, <laughs> there, there is some selfishness, right? Like things like, I'm just going out to the movies and I don't care what you think, or I'm just going to like go talk with my friends and I'm not going to call you back. Like there are all sorts of selfish, selfishly motivated behaviors that disrupt other people's psychologies and cause all sorts of like animosities, right? But this one, this one where you you feel into your own vibration, you open your heart and soul up and your then your mind to the reality of who you are. Like I'm a soul on this planet. I have come here to to express fully through the physical, right? Through this physical form. Um, I use my mind for enlightenment. I don't I don't um, force enlightenment down on me. I open this energy of self and it becomes enlightenment, right? Like we have all these books and videos and tapes. We're like studying like how to be enlightened and we get more and more information, but it's really the opposite. It's like, how do I just uplift my energy field? And as I do, it feels like the energy of my vibration goes up and up and up and like saturates my mind with it. And then I speak from this beautiful place, right? Like I feel free and alive and happy. And right. You feel those people who are just like, yes, they are so fun to be around. And it's because they've taken care of this energetic self. Right. And when we do that, and then we share that with friends, family, loved ones, even just somebody walking down the street, it's like, they're saying like job well done, job well done. It's like, this is the intention of being on the earth plane is opening up this field of energy within ourselves, right? They love this thing they do where they turn me into um, a flower. So 
it's like this through line is a stem and then the, my head becomes the the rose that wants to open right mm -hmm. and it's like there's little thorns it's like okay that's fine you can have like a little thorn to keep those people away who wish you harm or you know don't have the best of intentions um that's fine that's why it's got this um this stem with a couple thorns on it but we want to we want to embody um energetically uh, the spiritual being within us and open ourselves up to, to the light, open ourselves up to, to the energy around us. And so your question, this is what I meant. They're very long winded with their answers, but to answer your question, it's like the greatest gift you can give to, to yourself, to, um, your spiritual family, to, uh, community culture, to, to, to enlightened ones, to, to anybody walking on this plane is to first care for this energy of self. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. How do I lift up my own frequency? How do I spend my days? How do I open my heart and my soul? And I'll, like the reason my throat felt tight and sad is because they're they're showing me like how many people are embodied and are stuck. They can't share their wisdom, their truth, what's true to them, their throat chakra, right? It's 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 blocked and trapped mm -hmm. because they push down their energies, you know they they don't want to let out the reality of who they are this spiritually enlightened energetic self and and in place they want to tell you who they are i am laura co and i live on this block and this is what matters to me and these are my opinions and my perspective right and it's all this well rehearsed stuff about who we are instead of this glorious like opening of self to the world and so when you share from there so you say uh how do i impact my soul family it's like I had this awakening to, so this is a pretend thing, but I call you as my friend, Alex, and oh, I had this awakening today. I realized like the purpose and meaning of my life was this and this and this, and I feel so alive and free and I'm excited and I'm ready to take action. And, and, I, and I'm looking for you if you could care for me in these ways and, and help me or support me or just say some kind words and compassion. It's in that exchange where you then can find a deeper connection to yourself. You can like recognize oh, wow, what's that person doing? Like, I want to feel that fluid and alive and free and hopeful. Um, and that's where the uh, the soul family really kicks in. It's like, um, they're saying it's a misguided notion to think that there's like one family that you come in with. There's there's these frequencies that are adjusted to yours, right? And as right. you fine tune, so fine tunes your community or not, right? You, It's like, Musical instruments. I mean, you've got the the opera or the symphony. <laughs> That's how they're putting it, right? And mm -hmm. so some people are more inclined towards one and some people are more inclined towards another. But if your cello's out of tune and you're like, like they're going to send you home, right? They're going to be like, sorry, you can't play today. That musical note, it's like hurting everybody's ears. <laughs> right? so it's like, That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Their, their, their metaphors are so beautiful. Uh, and so simple to understand these very deep and complex questions. Um, one thing I wanted to just and and then we'll then we'll stop talking about this because we could go on for days and and we'll talk about the rest of this conversation in a minute. Um, but for the last thing that I found that I found to be true, and I'd love to hear what the Akashic Records has to say about it, is 
when you are on purpose, when you are on the path that you need to be on, whether you've discovered the mission that you have in life, whether you've dis discovered your purpose, there is an energy or vibration that's attached to that. And people feel it. Mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as you are a janitor and you love what you do. And everybody in that school loves you. There's that energy. Or you could be Michael Jordan or LeBron James and just being around them. There's an energy. There's because there's a million basketball players in the world. But if you just didn't even know who they were and just sat in a room with them, you would go, oh, there's something here. Same thing for an actor or, you know, or an artist of some sort who I've had the pleasure of being in, with, in the room with some of these these kind of energies and these kind of people. And I've, I've been in a room and I go, Oh, there is something about this person. Yeah. That yeah. set it's different. And I only came up to realize it recently. They're like, Oh, they were at, and it's not, by the way, a lifetime energy. It could be a window of opportunity that you are just perfectly aligned. And sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. But that moment is the energy that, that people just feel at a very deep level. What is your take on it or the Akashic Records take? Yeah, on they're that? blowing me up again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what you're feeling is frequency, energy, right? It, it's it's like a shame the whole planet can't attune to this because they can, right? Like we're all our own instruments. It's like they're just like the craft of your own instrument, right? The violin, the cello, whatever you want to call yourself, the flute, it doesn't matter, the piano, just take the time to practice, 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 tuning, attuning your, it's funny, they, I want to say tune, but attuning your energy, right? Find those nuanced, subtle ways to like play with the little energies of self, right? Perhaps it's going for a long walk. Perhaps it's talking to friends. Perhaps it's sitting by a lake. Perhaps it's reading a book. Perhaps for you, it's like working long hours into the evening because it brings you joy in your soul. And so that's what they want us to hear. It's like, there's, I mean, I'm smiling because it's like, when I'm in this, I feel so good. Um, alive, free, connected, this part of my body, my my chest feels um, solid and strong. And my, my solar plexus energy is like where my other hand is that you can't see, but it's, um, it's like um, connected, connected. Um, I'm, I'm not questioning myself is what that means. And so can we all participate in our lives more effectively, more freely and, and feel into the energy of ourselves, right? Not think into it, feel into it by, by being in ourself, being in our experience. And we don't take the time for that. We don't, we worry so much about what time do I have to be home and how much traffic is there going to be and what's on the news. And, you know, all these things are pulling our attention, grabbing, quite frankly, our attention away from this, um, embodiment of self, uh, recognizing its true self, its soul self, right? So they're saying, Alex's example, you sit across the room and you, you feel it. It's like, yes, what you're, what you're feeling, Alex, is the expression of their soul is speaking to you. Their expression of their soul is speaking to you. They're, they're no longer speaking from this mind, this agitated mind state. Like I got to get it right with Alex. I don't want to get it wrong with Alex. I like want him to like me 
or perhaps I don't like him or like, I don't like the way he looked at me or like, what was that? Or like all this stuff that happens in the friction of the mind is um, intercepted by this, by this soul expression that's like fluid and free and at ease and, and talks from a place of like, um, it's like community and uh, confidence and like, it's funny, they're using the word self-righteousness, right? Which is such a weird idea because what they're showing me is like, there's this right and wrong self-righteousness, like my mind, like I need to be right and I don't want to be wrong and all that stuff, right? But when we're self-right, when we're in the 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 righteousness, the 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 reality of the frequency of our own self-expression as right and free and alive in the world, and we express from there, it's like, what could be better to be around, right? And that's what you're feeling and that's what you're hoping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so funny. They're saying that's what you're hoping your audience like connects to in this in this session. But it's like, can people express and allow themselves to express? from this deeper intuitive sense of self, rather from this intellectual knowing of self. And it's in very similar, this energy that you're talking about, this vibration attracts people like, you know, like sugar to ants. Like it, it, it they're just absorbed by this. That's why famous people, people just want to be around them. Well, A spiritual we, master, yeah. same thing. Because Alex, what they're saying is because we all are this. So when you say that, it's like, okay, so like the queen bee and all the little bees, right? They all come Mm -hmm. home. It's like, they all know that's home. They're all connecting. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's where the honey is. I forgot. And it's like the little, the the bee has like that little honing away. Like it it knows where to find it. I know nothing about bees. (laughs) It knows where to find the, the, the like queen bee to find its nest. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we all do too. We all feel a connection to that deeper. Yeah. So when we see it in somebody, we believe it may be true within ourselves and we stop and we pause and we go, Oh, what's that? I miss that. I want that. I crave that. Right. And so we want to be around them and we seek them out. Now, and would it be fair to say, and I've, I've been a student of this my entire life, pretty much is I've studied, uh, artists and fame and, why people are hot and not. And I'll use the analogy of a one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. We've all heard of the band that comes out of the gate, just blaring. And they are the biggest thing in the world for one album. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And when they were together or that artist was singing by, you know, whatever, they had a one hit, one hit wonders, just massive. But then, and you said this, and that's when it kind of kicked into me, or they said this and it kicked into me, the mind starts to play with you. Fame, ego, all this other stuff starts to muddy up the waters and it pulls back and they no longer have that energy anymore. And people are not attracted to them as they used to be, as opposed to, a U2 or a Rolling Stones or these bands or artists or Bruce Springsteen or, or the late great Tina Turner who people connect to through generations because they were able to maintain a level of vibration within their path that kept that attraction. Does that make sense? You're giving me full body goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> sorry, they went up my spine and my cheeks. Are just like They're like, we're 
it hot. Um, okay. So, so there's two things. One is Alex, like sometimes on a soul plane, on a soul plan level, some people plan this quick rise to fame and then the, the, the absolute downfall, right? Because sure. for their soul plan, they're like, I needed to learn how to like that disgrace and the, the discomfort that comes along with that, like crash, right? It's like, um, you know, it, like <laughs> they're taking me out to an airplane that crashes somewhere and everybody has to survive, right? Like we love those movies. It's like the survival story. Um, so some people come here and it's like, the higher you rise, the, the, the harder, harder you, you fall, fall, the faster mm -hmm. you fall, the quicker you fall, the bigger the pain point, but also the greater the lesson. So some people, souls, right? They, they plan this because they, mm, I'm asking why they're planning it that way. It's like, they almost want to fast forward a few lessons. It's like, if they take their life up oh, that extreme. high and fall that hard, then oh, they yeah. can kind of truncate what might take 10 lives, right? Mm -hmm. Fail miserably of few times, but they're not big enough to have that impact where we right. really learn the lesson and we go, oh, and it depends on the person, like humility or violence to myself. Like perhaps I, I needed to learn how to not turn on myself, right? Like it depends on the person and the plan. So sometimes it's like that. Um, other times it's like, yeah, they're calling it ego, ego interception, right? Like um, I get here in this plane of reality and I had this because the Tina Turner thing, just remind me, I want to talk about her, that kind of person. So now they're making me, oh, they're, they're popping me over to her now that I said it. Okay. So there's these other types, right? Like who come here um, distinctly and only to help the rest of us see what it looks like to stay in high frequency throughout an entire lifetime. And we can just be in awe, like, wow, wow. Right. It's almost like, <laughs> they've attained a certain level of excellence on a soul level and it gives us something to aspire towards, right? If you don't have A students in the classroom, you're kind of like, why bother if I'm always going to get a C, you know, like forget school, I'm out, right? That's kind of how it feels to me. So they want to show us the feeling. Again, it's feeling, right? This isn't an egoic experience of like, oh, I want to be like her. It's a it's a vibration like, oh my God, that woman, like I feel something so enlightened in her. What is that? And it makes me want to go deeper within myself every time I'm exposed. An example. To yeah. yeah. It's an example. Yeah. It's an example. So Laura, I could talk to you and the guides here, the Akashic Record guides for hours. And I feel that they could talk for hours too, because there's no time on the other side. So it doesn't really matter. I did 300 uh, pages in six months, Alex. Like it I is mean, a treasure trove. Exactly. So we can keep talking about that. This has been such a fascinating conversation. And I know at the beginning, we talked about doing an ancient civilizations uh, topic as well. I don't think that's going to make sense in this episode. I think everyone needs a break. And then we're going to come back and do another episode uh, with the Akashic Record guides as well on ancient civilization and Atlantis and all that kind of stuff, which I think is going to be fascinating as well. <laughs> so we'll do that as well. But uh, I want to thank you. And I want to thank the guides, uh, the Akashic Record guides for a profound, truly profound conversation, answering some very difficult, deep, complicated questions and answering them in a beautifully elegant and simple way, which the longer I live, the more I understand that the simpler the truth, the closer it is to truth mm -hmm. than if it gets too convoluted and that's all mind 
stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I mean, I find it to be so incredibly simplistic that it's almost like, oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful conversation. Uh, so before we leave, is there anything else happening uh, with you where, you know, with your community, with what you're doing and you're offering to the world? Yeah. I mean, so I've been thinking a lot, right? The, the little soul school is going really well and I'm loving it. Um, we've got readings. We're teaching people how to access the Akashic records, but I don't know, Alex, like we're in a weird time in history. Like people are really stressed, right? They're kind of feeling the chaos um, and overwhelmed perhaps about what's going on around them. And um, I don't know, life feels unpredictable, perhaps like a little bit crazy for some people and in, in particularly internally, right. There's a, some people feeling anxious, their minds. Right. And, and I don't know if I told you this, but T.S. Eliot has this poem, the four quartets. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got this tattoo on me and it says at the still point of the turning world. Right. And it's been like my guidepost, like how do we find a sense of stillness in the turning world, right? And and he's super cool because he's like, it's not stillness, it's it's where the dance of life is, right? Um, and and I'm like, absolutely for that. So readings, the Akashic records have been my way to connect back into that still point. Like I find that the Akashic realm is the quickest way for me to access the the stillness that I crave, that like connection back into myself. But I don't know, right? You get a reading and then you get back out of life and then it's chaotic sure, sure. again, right? And it's like, oh, like I, I feel um, like it's hard to sustain that over a period of time. So I wanted to create a program that allowed people to feel a reoccurring connection to that space. What would that look like? How would that feel? So I've been working on it for for like the better part of a year. Um, and so um religious institutions have churches and the atheist community, the scientific community, they have textbooks, right? And they can study these things. But I feel like there's all these people who fall somewhere else, right? They're like not interested in the textbooks. They're not interested in the atheist um, view. They're not interested in, in structures of religion, perhaps, right? So where do they belong? Like, where do they fit in? Where do they belong, mm -hmm. right? And so I wanted to explore in that space, like, you know, asking those harder questions. Um, what is my purpose, right? Do I have a deeper calling? Um, twin flames, like everybody is dying about twin flames and soulmates and what happens before you're born and after you die and, and all that stuff. But we're so busy um, in the experience of being human, right? Being human. It's like, I started thinking about human beings, human beings, like, what is that? And so uh, being human living our life, it's like, okay, but when, when are we practicing the being part? And I, and I actually think the guides were talking about that quite a bit today, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do we have that experience on a regular basis? So I wanted to create something, it's called the Still Point Community, um, right? Do you ever read Siddhartha? Did you check out of that course. book? Of yeah? course, yeah. So when I was studying philosophy in graduate school, I got obsessed with this idea of experiential knowing, right? And Siddhartha, the book of, of Buddha, he he goes through this journey, but the part that really caught my eye was at the end when he realizes I had to experience it myself, right? Mm -hmm. I had to experience it. I, I can't 
like listen to other people. I can't read about it. I can't just listen to what mother spiritual masters might think. And so on that idea, I was like, well, how do I help people experience this themselves? Because even if they get a reading from me or one of the little soul school readers, it's still through me, right? Or even our experience today, it's like through me, right? You're not getting to experience it. So so the Still Point community is going to be an opportunity for all of us to get together in community, a place where we feel like we connect and belong to this spiritual experience, right, of, of experientially, like, connecting. So, like, what does that mean? The spiritual education you never received, right? So I'm going to go in just like we did. We'll go into the records um, on, a, on a weekly, in a month, I'll go once a week into the records, and I'll get downloads just like we just did. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. What do the guides have to say on, on these types of topics from pre-birth to death and everything in between, but then we're going to get back together in community and I'm going to guide you into your own records with prompted questions so that you perhaps can talk to your own spirit guides, have your own understanding, not just what do they have to say about it? But where am I in that process? What is my soul plan? What is um, What am I learning? Where am I today? What messages do I need to hear for healing and learning? Because I think if, even if it's just little, I feel like if we have a little connection to our own guidance and we get a moment to feel it for ourselves, like Siddhartha, it's like, perhaps I'll understand it. I'll know it to be true in a deeper sense. So so yeah, there's this this program, it's called the Still Point, a community, um, you'll meet friends, we'll do breakout rooms, like that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. And I'll put the link in the description and the show notes as well for that. So people can, can reach out and grab you if you, they need to. Awesome. Um, Laura, I want to, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show and sharing your, your gifts uh, with the Akashic Record Guides. I know they are dying to have the next conversation already. Uh, they, uh, I think, I think, they, I think they appreciate the platform of these deeper questions, and it's not just like, so what are the lottery tickets? I mean, <laughs> oh when am God. I going to find my twin flame? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, should I move to Arizona? I'm like, they don't care if you move. <laughs> so, uh, but again, Laura, thank you again so much for coming on the show, and I appreciate you and everything you're doing in the world. So thank you again. Thank you. Appreciate you too. I want to thank Laura so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 290. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.